I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. The Sunday fun day to everybody out there. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. I'm sprung from COVID jail. Yay, it's so nice to have you yes. back in the studio. Yes, yes, yes. It feels great to be here. I'm glad you've recovered and looking in, yeah. in, in prime fit. Shape. I don't know about how prime fit I look and everything. Thanksgiving Let me shape. Thanksgiving shape out of something, something. But it was like I we have emerged. You've emerged from the COVID. We've emerged COVID from the COVID. In. Yes, Jerry tested negative yesterday. Thank God. I know. I know. It was it was, it was a kooky it's pants going around again. It but, is. But at it least is. you were vaccinated, and it was a little bit uh, probably better than it could have been. Heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. And you know, well, Jerry was on the Paxlovid. Oh, he was. But he yes, didn't do it. I couldn't do it because of uh, blood thinners. Okay. Um, so I couldn't do it, but Jerry got on it. And one thing that I did not know, and neither did he, was it gives you this like metallic taste in oh, your I mouth. I, I have heard that. Yeah, we did not. It actually, it literally woke him up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And he was like, got up and kept like brushing his teeth and everything for like hours <laughs> yeah. on end. And so suck on a mint or something. Yes, apparently uh, cinnamon candies are the way to go. Okay. So, so did, w- now just out of curiosity, you didn't do Paxlovid, but he did. Was there a big difference in how your and uh, how the COVID manifested with both of you? A little bit. He seemed to move through a little bit quicker. easier, a little bit quicker than I, than I did because yeah, he was about. Yeah, he he was able to move a little bit quicker through the whole mm-hmm. thing. It's still, you know, it's a five day treatment, yeah, that kind of thing. So well, I'm glad you yes. both negative and back. Yes, yes, living. yes. We're back among the living. So but I will tell you, yeah. the fatigue is real. Yeah, that's the, the big fatigue. Thing. Is I had real. the fatigue when I had. I've had it once that I know of, and it lasted for a few weeks. The yeah, it's like oof, oof. You but know, you'll come out of it. Oh, I know. I know. I'm, I'm out of it. I'm here in the studio. Yes, it's you great are. to be here. We've got a fabulous show lined up for you today on this Thanksgiving snowy, weekend. Snowy Sunday. It's really. It's, Our first snow. It's really. No, well, Halloween, actually, was the first snow. It did snow? Oh, you oh, weren't right. in town, were you? Yeah, I was. It didn't oh. snow by us. What? That's you. I think you just blocked it out because it was too early it for snow. It was cold, but I don't remember. It snowed. Didn't? It, was, it yeah. wasn't sticking, but it was it, snowing. Oh. That's well, I mean, what it, it was. It was yeah. in the air. I, I guess I didn't it see the It was a weird coming. day. Like, it kept coming down. Like, it, we had a little snow cover well, on our I guess earlier in the day it came but down. But it kept coming bit. down. It was weird. And, and then it cleared up, though, by the late evening. Late there we go. So. Well, the kitties uh, were in full force. I they were in full force. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're in full force today. Yes, we are. Uh, Tell us about the show. I know. Well, Chicago Parks Foundation and the AIDS Garden Board of Directors is hosting a commemoration for World AIDS Day at AIDS Garden Chicago. That's located at Belmont Harbor. It's going to take place on December 1st at 10 a.m. Rain, shine, or snow. Uh, And it is there to remember the lives lost and stand in solidarity with those living with the HIV-AIDS virus. And uh, Jonathan Pizer, the president of the AIDS Garden Chicago Board, is going to be joining us to tell us about what's going to be happening on that day. That's a very important day. Yeah, yeah. And marking it. Look, our good friend Anna Deshawn. You know, who's doing the cube yeah. and everything she in QB radio. She's she's a force to be reckoned with. And because of her, I found out about uh, One Roof Chicago, which is an emerging initiative to build an LGBTQ plus centered 
intergenerational community for older adults and young people most in need of affirming housing, meaningful connection, and career development. And I think this is really cool. It's a yeah. new project that's going to be going up that's in the fantastic. Bridgeport neighborhood. Um, and we're going to be speaking with Executive Director Jim Harvey. And, of course, Thanksgiving is done. Now it's time for all the holiday shows to go just get you into the spirit. And Terry Spencer Hesser's hilarious and insightful play, Christmas with Elvis, makes a triumphant return to Chicago after 32 years oh in a production directed by Dexter Bullard at uh, the Chopin Theater. Uh, it, it's already in previews right now. It's going to run through January 7th. And we're going to speak both with uh, Terry Spencer Hesser and Dexter Bullard later on in the show. And of course, we would love to hear from uh, you. So give us a call at 773-763-9278. The number again is 773-763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook where we are coming at you alive. Yes, we are. So head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, give us a click and a like and a share and all that good stuff. But if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on WCPT 820. And while you're at it, follow WCPT and our sister station, Heartland Signal, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. Mm-hmm. How are you doing in your Bob Dylan shirt there? I'm doing good. I, I have the shirt on. I, I was at, uh, on, it's been a full full holiday weekend. Yeah. For a long weekend for, for Kathy and for me. Wednesday we went to a Friendsgiving, which was awesome. Fabulous. Uh, it was kind of a last minute thing, but everybody could come. Our dear friends from uh, WXRT, my old colleagues, a lot of us got together and had a really beautiful dinner in Evanston. And then Thursday, Thanksgiving with the family and Will met. And Friday night we went to Fitzgerald's to see uh, a band that calls themselves the Zimmermans. It's a group of collective of great Chicago musicians, including my friend Kathy Richardson. Oh, okay. And they, yeah. co- they cover Bob Dylan, hence the name Zimmerman, his real last name. Gotcha. And apparently, I, I missed this, the last four years they've been doing The Last Waltz, the very famous uh, concert that went on in the early 70s. Uh, yeah, I was telling some other friends about it yesterday. They're like, what? I'm like, okay. It's one uh-huh. of the most, and Martin Scorsese, it was one of his first, uh, he directed it. And uh, the concert film. I'm sorry, uh, okay. there, was a, there was a concert and a concert film, and the concert film is known as one of the great uh, concert, concert movies. movies. Yes, and it's got Dylan, it's got the band, and Dylan, they're the primaries. It's got Joni, Joni Mitchell, Emmylou Harris, uh, Mavis Staples, Muddy Waters, oh, wow. uh, George Thorogood, um, uh, Neil Diamond, um, Van, Morris, uh, uh, Van Morrison, um, Oh, God. Uh, it sounds like on, everybody. It, it like, when, wait, why have I not heard of this? Yeah, I when, know. I, I think it's your age. Oh, that's why you haven't heard of it. <laughs> well, I know. I know but, but it's also like, I like the... the you, we went down a deep Van Morrison uh, uh, rabbit hole uh, over the holiday weekend for some reason. Why not? I know. It was... Uh, what's oh, oh, Poop, I wish I could remember the name of the song. You go ahead and uh, think about anyway, it. Um, <clears throat> the, the song, there's like... F- over 40 songs, so I guess every year they, they, they can't do all of them. But, you know, the songs The Wait by, by you know, the band. And it's just an amazing, amazing uh, concert. And, and a lot of I've seen pe- people do these these shows from time to time. They, you know, they do all the tunes from the shows. But, yeah. I, but I saw one in New Orleans a few years ago, and they didn't have anybody. Rep- they didn't do any Joni Mitchell. They didn't do any Mavis Staples. What? Yeah, I know. What? But uh, it, it took place, I think it was the original concert was uh, Thanksgiving weekend, hence why they always do it the Friday after gotcha. Thanksgiving. And yeah, it's, you know, the night they drove Dixie down is in the, all these great, great songs. So 
helpless Neil Young. Uh, Neil Young is one of the uh, one of the people oh, in right. it, just like everybody you love is uh-huh. in it. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we did that. It was just a great show. Uh, it was sold out. We did that on Friday, and then uh, last night, uh, my dear friend Sonia White was in town. I hadn't seen her pre- since COVID, before COVID, and she was at the Skokie Theater. Uh, Mark Dvorak is a local singer, songwriter, folk singer. He opened for her. He did an hour, and she did an hour, and that was awesome. And then we raced over to Metro to catch the end of the Mars Williams. Mars Williams is a famous Chicago saxophonist who was in a band, Liquid Soul. Sadly, he's he lost his away. life on Monday, I believe, last Monday, uh, this past Monday, from cancer. He was performing literally up to two weeks before he died. Wow. And he was suppo- he arranged this show. He did the set list and everything for the show last night. His former band, uh, uh, Liquid Soul, performed, and he was supposed to be there. His His mother and his uh, sister and his brother, I guess, were there, but they did it and again in, in in memory of him, as opposed to a, a fundraising for his. Well, it still was a fundraiser. He had a lot of uh, you know hospital bills. And yeah. musicians, you know, need all the help they can get when they're ill. So, raced over there and caught the a great hour plus of uh, liquid, liquid soul. soul. And uh, I made it at home before my midnight curfew. Of course, I had I had some leftover pecan pie, so I was up for a while. Oh, uh, that's as you should. I had to have yes, a snack. I mean, come on, you don't need a snack. That a was a slice. that was a full weekend. You had we, going and there. then oh, we're not done yet today. Oh, girl, here we go today. And here I know my friends are listening. Uh, we are having our uh, our gals hoot nanny. Okay. Uh, for uh, our, our friends, two couples. Uh, Therese and Simone and Kathy and Mary, we're going to break out the guitars and the banjos, and we've put a set list together. We're going to sit in the front parlor, put a fire on, and uh, play guitar and sing songs to end the weekend. That is the most lestastic thing I think I ever heard in my life. I oh my gosh, can I? I wish I could come over. I wish you could stop by after your show. After your work. Well, I don't know if I can. I'll be dead to the world, but (laughs) but yeah. And our and our tradition is we get we order Thai food, which is great after the weekend of carbs and turkey. Uh huh. uh -huh. We're only Thai food for for. That's a. I love that you put together a set list. We did. We've been working on it. In fact, two of the songs that we were going to do, they did at the uh, Last Waltz. Okay. I I did a video. I said, hey, they're doing our songs for Sunday. So, anyway. (laughs) Are you going to, like, do, like, like an Instagram Live or anything of this? I wasn't planning on it, but, you know, if we have a good moment. I mean, why not? Just that they're like, hey, we're just going to... Bring people in. Just yeah, hey, we're all just hanging out. I mean, it's a be- great. What a great it's thing a to do night for this. For that, like kind of snowy, have yeah. a little fire going, yeah, singing be- some songs, yeah. making some music. It's kind of a nice way to cap off the holiday weekend. That's so. So, oh my god, I can only imagine how much flannel is going to be in your house. <laughs> like that is. So they're just- not wearing their onesies. Oh well, I'm not talking about onesies. I'm just talking about good old like lesbian flannel shirts. Yeah, there'll be some. Mm, Okay, I love. There's always a little. That sounds. Yeah. That sounds just absolutely like perfect. A perfect way to end. Yeah, it it could pick a better day. So tell me about. I know you had a a very girl. I know it it wasn't the Thanksgiving you hoped for. I am the most Thanksgivingy person on the planet. It's my holiday love language. Like food is my love language. Having people over and like sharing that. That's how I, you know, wrap around. You know. 
everything like I just that I just want people to come. Yeah, you know, I know. The more the, the merrier, the more the merrier for exactly. Me. And it's always like you know, there's always a room at the table. We'll we'll make it that's figure it the, out. That that is the theme, and that is the the vibe that Thanksgiving should. Yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. And that did not happen this year because no. we were the plague house. Mm. Um, but you know, we were we decided like we're going we're going to make some take these lemons and turn them into lemonade. Uh, you know, we got up. I got up kind of. I got up before Jerry did because I was kind of still working through everything, um, and you know we. I, I had made gravlocks. Mm, you know, your own. Yes, yeah, I love that. I you sent it. me that. Yeah, uh, sent, the whole menu. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I basically wow. cooked for as if eight people were there. It was just the two of <laughs> but us. But have you been enjoying leftovers for days, or did you guys manage to, to hit it pretty oh, no, hard? We're still we're still, still working, working through, through leftovers. Good. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so we had, you know, we were like, all right, let's let's just kind of do the thing, and we got up and we had coffee, and then had made this cranberry pear cake, which mm. is so good. It's kind of like a banana bready. Texture, okay, kind of like it's like a dinner. It's a dinner cake. Yeah. yeah. So, like we we had coffee and and cake and watched the the Thanksgiving Day parade, which we'll get to iconic moments that happened on Thanksgiving. I'm talking Cher and Dolly. What we saw happened. Dolly. I didn't. I didn't know about Cher. But until Cher I was, saw your notes. Yeah, Cher was at the Thanksgiving Day parade. Oh, she was on the parade. Yeah, we were yes. part of the parade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we, like so we did that, and then we watched like the dog show. Way to go, Stash. Best St- in show. And what kind of dog was Stash? Uh, one of those too. weird. I can never remember the names. They 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 look kind of like a schnauzer. If like a schnauzer and a hammerhead shark mm-hmm. came into you know they got that weird sort of that long nose oh, yeah. that's kind of like. But wider, and it's got kind of like a little hammer. I forget the name of it, but Stash was his name. I remember Stash. that. Okay. Stash was great. So we watched the dog show. We cooked. We were listening to Van Morrison. Um, built a fire. We kept trying to lure the neighbors. I'm like, yeah, we could do a fire pit. We could do a fire. Let's do a fire pit. Like, no, no, no. It's okay. We're okay. But like, oh, damn it. You know, so yeah. So we did it. But, um, girl, we had this. There was this one moment that was kind of. Awful. So, oh, no. so we have some some of the pieces that we have in our house were Jerry's brother mm-hmm. John, who mm-hmm. passed away, right. um, and one is an Eames chair. Yes, um, very. I love the Eames chair. Love the Eames chair. It was it's beautiful oh, and gorgeous. Tell something's and, coming that isn't and, good. And uh, we were sitting in front of the fire, and Jerry put in a log onto the fire, and he sat back down into it, and the back fell off. <gasps> Like it's not a knockoff; it's a real. No, it's chair. a real. Yeah, <gasps> and the back fell off. The like, I mean, the wood splinter. Like it was, it it went down in a blaze of glory. It was. It Can was it kind be of. Fixed? A, we don't know. We're gonna go. We're. I'll talk to you off air about. Please do. I have. We've been, but it was like. Uh, I have. And you know, like Jerry is very sentimental. You know, of course, not only is it like it was a lovely chair and it was very comfortable and we actually used it, but it was very much about like his. It was his brother's. Yeah, of you course. Know? So it's it got was a, a lot of sentimental value. A lot of sentimental value, value and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I did, so, from my producer uh, back home uh, on Nelson yeah. Street, wow, I know, I know why you don't know the name of the dog that won, the, the breed. 
a Sealy Ham Terrier. Yes. Uh, I've never sure. even heard of a Sealy Ham Terrier. And also, my producer says we need to add some Indigo Girls to the set list, which we hadn't done. Oh, my God. Wait, I know. How, did we, I know. how did you forget that? I know. What? I know. What no. are you thinking? I'm flipping this. No. <laughs> no. How, how can you have a Les-tastic jam session without the Indigo well, Girls? Well, it'll be, it'll be fixed now. There now we go. Yes. Excellent. I'm going to so, put in, you know, Closer to Fine had a big moment because thanks to the Barbie movie. So, But I do, do have an idea for your chair that we'll talk okay, about. Okay, great. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So we had a little moment of like tragedy and I'm oh. like, I literally, I did not know what to do. I'm just sat there like, huh. so I started texting my friends. I'm like, can you please call Jerry? Uh, this, he like, he let everybody know what happened. I'm like, can you just call him? Cause I, I really, I have no idea what to do or say. So hopefully we're, we're going to moving through it. We're moving through this very emotional time in our house. You'll get it. It'll get fixed. I know. I I have confidence. I know. I know. But it seemed like Thanksgiving was just like for the gays this year. Oh, because of the uh, the parade? Because of the the parade. You know, everybody was all up in arms about like, well, not everybody. Those the million moms, people. No, I missed that. Oh, you did. Oh, girl. I kind of was yeah. in a cooking frenzy that day. So. Yeah. Well, it's been it had been in the in the works for a while. They're okay. planning on boycotting the parade because they were like why because of the gays because <gasps> there were too many like gay people in it, too Are many trans serious? people in it. Yeah, it was like <gasps> they were. It was very strange. I'm like, okay, wait. Now you think that there are. Queer people in in a parade that's basically just a commercial for Broadway now. You know, it's like okay, now this year, it's very strange. Uh, but it got yeah, super, where have they been? The I, last where they been? Years? I know it's great. Where were you? Like in the nineteen eighty nine when there was this big Marvel character dream ballet thing that happened while somebody sang, "I'm holding out for a they hero." Have anything better to do with their energy? No, they don't. They don't. They oh like God. just want to, you know. Just want to, you know, ban things and, mm-hmm. you know, boycott things. And that's always fun. You know, stuff like that. But then. Yeah, then. Give it to the share. Yeah. Share shows she, up. She, what, what was she promoting? Well, she apparently new... she's got a Christmas album coming okay. out. Okay. Yeah, she's promoting something. <laughs> yes. So, 77 years old. Cher and Dolly Parton are 77 years old. Gives me hope. I'm, gives us all hope. And like, boop, 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 boop. Hello, Cher's doctor. I'll, I'm <laughs> what, what, well, and, Both of them and have Dolly's. special doctors called plastic surgeons. Oh, I know. Course. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look, but they look, they look good. I know, they do. I was I was thinking that while watching Dolly at the halftime. Yeah, the so football. like, I mean, Cher was there something about like, DJ, play me a Christmas song. I think is the name of the song. Something along that. Hmm. It's not a very good song. <laughs> it's not very good. Not very good. No, I'm don't sorry. Tell, don't, don't tell, tell me. Me. She listens to our show. I know she every does, week. but like, the gays will get up in arms if I'm like mm-hmm. going against well, Cher. But let me. Tell, she was just like she stood stuck still in the middle. They. She was in a bank of lights. You could tell the the gals that she had going on with her. She's like, look. Just spread on the makeup, put that pancake on because I'm going to be blasted with light and we need to be able to see your eyeballs because it was a lot of light happening. Mm. And her backup dancers, there was one guy with bangs who was really trying to pull focus, but Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, great. Thank you, Cher. Thank you for being for being out there at 77 years old and making music, you know, that that the gays all love. And then Dolly Parton. Now, how did you ever see that? Because that was a football game she was at. It, she was doing it Yes, half-time. and it was only because of social media that oh, we even knew that. See, that, I knew there yeah, had to be a reason because we were actually 
You had watching the game? the game? Well, we happen. I happen to walk in the living room, uh, and the game no, was on. No, I mean it's Thanksgiving football. That's kind of like what my, you do. But nobody, you know, the family's not that into it. But uh, we happen to. Oh my God! It's Dolly doing the halftime. She turned up the volume. And, yeah, we ended up watching it. Like we went back and watched like on YouTube or something yeah. like that. But she was great. She did. I mean, she was lip syncing. Mm-hmm. She was. I That's called fine. that. That's fine. Of was. course, but yeah. you know. But she was great. She didn't move very much either. She's she kind of held, held on, on a little bit. Thing. Well, her legs are so fragile. They, look, I mean, they look great. I mean, she was in like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader uh, da- uniform. Yeah, she was on as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. I know. I'm like, all right, come on, Dolly. I, I was loving it. I loved every minute of it. I loved every second of the whole thing. We had Jolene going on there. Yeah, Jolene and Nine to Five. Nine to Five, and then We Will Rock You we from her rock new from rock new album. album. And uh, uh, is that Queen? Yeah. 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 Yeah, she it was only like thing. three. It was only the three, three songs. songs. Yeah, but that's. But hey, she got out there. I'm like, this is. Thank you, thank you. This is the nod to the gays on Thanksgiving. We give you Cher and Dolly. I think thing. that's how we kind of ended up going down the Van Morrison hole because I know because we we're trying to figure out. We didn't know if he was still alive. Oh, <laughs> he is. He is. Even though he was He's not. 70s. Even though he was an anti-vaxer. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, see, I knew there was something he problematic of, about he, it. Yeah, he fell out of favor with me, but I still love his music. Yeah. Well, anyway, we had, it was, it was, it, yeah, we went down and we're like, yeah, oh, he is still alive. He is? 75. I really wish I could remember this song. Oh, that Jerry so was just like, he just wanted to play. And we Which kept, song is it? I can't remember. It's something about, I can't remember mm. something about dreams and walking down a street and jumping over a hedge. Hmm. Um, I can't help you there. But. Anyway, both I'll figure it out. Yeah, I know. We have time to figure it out because well, I think we're going into a yeah, break. Yeah, we do need to go to a break. Um, so we hope that everybody, and I know there are folks out there traveling today. Uh, stick around if you're in, if you're driving in a car. Uh, traffic's going to be kind of a nightmare. And you, but you can listen to us for the next couple of hours, and yes. that'll be a really great time. Uh, and we do need to go to a break. But before we do that, this part about Chicago is brought to you by Team Hockberg. <laughs> hey, did you know that 47 million listeners have no or unscorable credit and would benefit from a Team Hockberg Fresh Start secured credit card with no annual fee? Did you? I did. Well, I do now. You do now. And a Team Hochberg Fresh Start Secured Credit Card is perfect if your vindictive ex destroyed your credit, you recently filed for or were discharged from bankruptcy, experienced a foreclosure or short sale, have collections, you were turned down for credit, or one of your kids is having trouble securing their first credit cards. Team Hochberg partnered with the King County Teachers Credit Union to offer the Team Hochberg Fresh Start Secured Credit Card with no annual fee to help reestablish, enhance, and strengthen listeners with no or damaged or challenged credit. For information about obtaining a Team Hockberg Fresh Start secured credit card with no annual fee, go to 56david.com forward slash fresh start. That's 56david.com forward slash fresh start to establish, enhance, and strengthen your credit. You know, now's a good time to be doing that. Go and get your credit card and then you can make your holiday purchases and just make sure that you paid them off. And then you can buy a home next year. And then you can buy a home. I can help you with that. Go. Well, Team Hochberg has helped thousands of WCPT listeners, but they can't help if you don't visit 56david.com forward slash fresh start. Lower.com, equal housing lender, NMLS 1124061. We have got to take a quick break, and when we come back, there is more out Chicago right here on WCPT. actor Fazia Mirza. Welcome to Out Chicago on WCPT. 
And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller rolling along. Rolling, as rolling. we wrap up a Thanksgiving weekend. You know, I woke up and saw the uh, the first snow on the ground, I'll be corrected, that stuck you know, on the trees this morning. And I have a, a memory that uh, when I worked uh, at WXRT for many years, we had a tradition that on the very first snow, uh, the owner of the station would buy Riviera sandwiches. They're from the Riviera Deli. I think it's still around on Harlem Avenue. Okay. It's an Italian deli. And the, I don't know how it started, but the first snow, Riviera sandwiches for everybody. And Riviera sandwich, if I recall, had some pickled eggplant. What? And the the nice cheeses what? and the, morta, uh, the, the, the ham and there was a couple kinds of meats. And it was just a unique and delicious sandwich. And he would send out Roy Bellavia, who was actually who worked on the AM side, which is this WSBC, which ended up being this, our company. Uh And uh, anyway, he'd go out and buy the sandwiches because we were at 4949 West Belmont. So Harlem wasn't too far away. And I not a year goes by when I see that first snow. And I know my XRT colleagues we you should see. We should check thing. to see if they're still open. I know. I think they are. I hope they are. If they are, I mean, check to see if they're open. Go by and pick some some Riviera sandwiches. Just go on. But it was a great tradition. Swing on by. Yeah, that they that they started. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Fazio Mirza, who just you know, yeah, did introduced us yeah. in here. Uh, I just it just popped into my head. Yeah. You know, we were in a movie together, uh, uh, Scrooge and Marley. Right. Uh, it's the holiday times, and I just also want to let people know that there's uh, going to be a screening of it at the uh, Humboldt Park branch of the Chicago Public oh, Library awesome. on Wednesday, December sixth at five. 30 and it's gonna be free can't beat that so yeah and you can see scott in uh in a really in a... ugly sweater <laughs> really 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 ugly sweater i there i saw it i loved it it's cute it's a really mm-hmm. adorable movie and like judith light does the narration yeah. of it uh bruce valanche uh, he's he's in it. He yeah. plays Fezziwig. And one thing that you know a couple weeks ago when you were gone we talked with owen keenan about uh his new book about man's country, mm-hmm. uh, about how it's more than a bathhouse, and we actually shot all of the the club scenes were shot in the the music hall of of man's country. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's where Bruce Valanche did his his thing. He used to perform there uh, back in the day, so it was kind of a, a full circle. Well, go people moment. have a chance to see it, so that's awesome for I know. free. I know. On the sixth, so go check it out at Humboldt Park Library, five o'clock, free, Excellent. family friendly. It's a fun movie. It is. Tons of Chicago people. Yeah. So there we go. Um, the, there was also weird news that happened this week, too. Yeah. Uh, after nearly 40 years, Berlin Nightclub officially closed its doors mm. on November 19th, following a months-long fight between its owners and unionized workers. That, that was just like, what? It just, my jaw just dropped. I was I like, gadunk, like, what? We were all no. sad, but then we all like, when was the last time we were there? Of course, we are kind of out of the demo a little bit. I think. A little bit, but you know, I mean, there's some hardcore. Oh, yeah. You know. I had a ball. I, I was there for Halloween many years, and, you know, we used to go. I, it's in my neighborhood, so we used to, you know, it's a few blocks from my home. You yeah, know, it was my to... very first gay bar when I was at Northwestern. Yeah, I, I, I can, yeah. You know, I remember we, we drove down, uh, one night and I had like a fake ID. Of course. I had the, the worst fake ID ever. It was like a, 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 
a Missouri State ID card. But they weren't used to seeing it, so it worked. Yeah, it worked and got in, and it was just like, it was one of those... I mean, I'm not the only person who got an underage, you know? Oh, yeah, like, I'm sure. Like, yeah, I, was, no, it, I was there. I saw. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was it, it was my first introduction to what a gay bar could be mm-hmm. like. And, like, I had to, like, learn things. Like, it was even, like, my first time, basically, like, any sort of nightclub, you know, where there's, like, music and dancing and, the, and like, the unofficial rules that happen there, you know, mm-hmm. like... Like the DJ was playing a song and like there was a moment where like, okay, we're going to clear, like everybody needs to go get a drink and use that, like that moment where like the energy is shifting or mm-hmm. the energy is picking up. And so like they kind of brought it down and it brought like this, like a slower yeah. like intro came in and I didn't know what to do. So me and this guy, Mike, who we, had, who I came with, we were like, just started to slow dance in the middle of Berlin. <laughs> Like it was just so like sweet and yeah. nerdy and like oh Aww. oh baby you don't you don't do that here you know <laughs> you know what I mean like literally like yeah. we looked like we were in a middle school oh, dance that's sweet though it was very sweet and then yeah. of course the music came in and no. everybody came on the floor we're like oh okay and that's what friends. we do but yeah so that was I'm it was it's it's the end of an era it is I mean it is so hard you know the rents are high. The city makes it difficult for individual businesses that are ma and pa owned, you know, businesses to survive. I know that the workers, apparently, they were unionizing and trying to get what they feel that they're worth. And, you know, nobody is everybody's right, you know, and nobody's wrong. Um, You know, the the, the owners say we couldn't do it any longer. You know, we can't give people what they want and pay bills because their margins, I understand, were very slim to begin with. Because we can understand, but I also understand the people working there want to have, yeah, you know, they their benefits. Be paired, yeah. but, so it, it's sad because uh, the business model for privately owned businesses is, is tough in a city like Chicago. You mm-hmm. know, it really is. I mean, rents are crazy high. Yeah, I don't, I wish we could fix that. I know. I wish we could do that too. Some cities and Towns have done things to try and freeze them so you can keep businesses going, give them a break, but it doesn't seem to be the modus operandi here in Chicago, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, so. it was kind of the end of an, of an era. Um, owners Jim Schumann and Joe Weber, they announced on um, Berlin's nightclub, they, they announced their, their closure on the 21st on Instagram, uh, and they posted that the expenses of increased security, insurance, and licensing. Equipment, rent, and more cannot be overestimated, and we could not imagine morphing uh, the bar into a bottle service VIP area venue, so the doors are locked. This is kind of going up against what, as you alluded to, the Berlin's workers, they had formed a union. Mm-hmm. They've been in April. They were working with Unite Here Local One, uh, and they were hoping for better working conditions, increased wages, and health care benefits, and they said that it was going to cost too much. I think that it said in like the first six months it would be like $500,000 for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So it's just... I feel for both sides. I do. I really do. I know there had been a boycott uh, going on. Oh, I didn't know uh, There was, was a boycott mm-hmm. going on from performers. Uh, drag queens were canceling their show. I mean, because mm-hmm. it was a huge drag venue. Yeah. You know, I remember sure. back in the day they had drag races uh, going on there. The Prince Night, Madonna Night. Yeah. We went to Prince Night. Uh huh. You just. <laughs> I love. Oh yeah, I remember. That. I remember going to Prince Nights there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where um, I met Jonathan Van Ness. Oh. 
You met him there? Yeah, <laughs> because he was doing, uh, he had come in for, he was, it was before Queer Eye. He was doing uh, Gay of Thrones on Funny or Die. Uh-huh. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. And so if you are unfamiliar, Jonathan Van Ness, who's now, uh, He's they sorry they are a, a published author. Uh, they're part of the queer queer eye family. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on to these huge huge things and started out by doing these funny little recaps of Game of Thrones uh, in a style a hairstylist chair. You know, <laughs> Jonathan would be there styling somebody's hair and they'd do the recap mm-hmm. of the episode. It was hilarious. They came in for Great this premise. big geeks night. Uh, we actually had Jonathan on the show. Yeah. I mean, eight million years ago. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long time ago. I think that, but like you know, there was Berlin was always a home for the misfits. It was like the island of misfit toys, as long as we're in the holiday mood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where people who were just a little left of center, um, or or a lot left of center, <laughs> that went to go, and it was a place where you can. Feel free to be yourself. You could, have, uh, I know so many comics. There were like comedy shows that were yeah. there, drag shows that were there, there was music. music shows. And they had a women's night. Yeah. They, I think it was Wednesday, I know, Wednesday or night I, for some reason, pop. And I, I had just come out. So that was a place for me to go and, and meet other women. I mean, not, I was partnered, but just, you know, to be in a community. Yeah, no, to go and be in community. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was just a really like, Crazy, fun, crazy place. And, and, I to, <laughs> and I drive by a lot because it's in the neighborhood, and I smile every time I go, gosh, I'm so happy that's still there. I know, right? You know, it carries on for the next you know, gen- generations after, but maybe someone will buy it. You never know. And Well, I mean, they were renting, so. I mean, by the know, business, you know, the liquor license. By the business and all that good yeah, stuff. I don't know. Who knows? It would be I mean, nice. It would be nice to carry on that sort of tradition. With but you know, this has happened. In, I mean, I, I'm a big blues, you know, lover and, and musician. And one of our beloved place called Blues has been closed for like since since the pandemic. And there's apparently someone is coming out of the woodwork to buy it. You really? know, so you just oh. I, so I don't uh, someone I forget who, but someone I don't know. They're not anybody any any of us know, but someone I think that has a lot of it takes somebody that doesn't care that the building's falling apart. Right. You know, that has the, so much money that they just want to keep this iconic place going. So yeah. supposedly it's gonna open next year again. You never know, maybe Berlin will have the same fate. I hope so, because it's so weird how you know, I haven't spent a lot of time on Halstead, on North Halstead right. Street no. in a very long time. No, I haven't either. You know, it's just but it just seems like these dedicated queer spaces seem to be going. I mean, they're disappearing. Forget about the women's spaces. I mean, long fortunately, gone. Nobody's Darling opened up, you know, and they're going like bank gangbusters. They're expanding. Oh, they, they are? Yep, they've are they been, expanding into the next Uh-huh, into the next uh, space. Uh, space. In the yep, up in Andersonville. You oh. know, they're expanding. They've got, you know, they've gotten James Beard uh, award nominations for their, their, prog- yeah, for their cocktail program. Um, you know, it's great, but it just seems like, I don't know, I... It seems like, again, as we move towards more equality and equal rights, it seems like the assimilation into the mainstream It seems is like it because it's true. It's I know. what's happening. I think I, what are, I read there's like, you can count on one hand how many lesbian bars there are in the country right now. Oh, I know. I think they're like five. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, or there's probably a little bit more than that. Uh, I, but but it was a really low, number. But it's a very number. low number. Yeah. So, yeah, especially, like, you know, spaces dedicated to women. I mean, we, so, we used to go in every town we went to, even, like, uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, you know, we'd find a gay bar or, 
So we were in, you know, we'd find a women's bar, but those are, I mean, you know, price of real estate's gone up, and that hurts, uh, like I talked about, individual proprietors that just can't make it happen. You know, no, no. they're not well, exactly chain companies that are doing gay bars. So. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, um, some somebody will come in and swoop up. Uh, that Berlin. would be really that would nice. be wonderful keep, because keep the legendary spot going. Because, but you know, spot. but right now, here's to 40 years. Yeah, 40 um, years is a radio. heck of a run. It's a heck of a run, and and we're sad that that it had to end this way in yeah. particular. So, uh, we should probably take a break. We should. Uh, and when we come back, uh, December 1st is, is World AIDS Day, and, and it's on Friday. And it's on Friday, so we're going to be talk, uh, speaking with Jonathan Pizer, uh, the president of the AIDS Garden Chicago Board, about an event that they are holding on on World AIDS Day. So stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. I'm Amanda Civitello with Creating Iris. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ellen Miller. Rolling along. Mm-hmm. We've made it through the holiday, uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Now the holiday season's coming up. Yes, it is. It is. And, and December 1st uh, is World AIDS Day. Uh, a very important day that I think needs to be remembered. And this year, the Chicago Parks Foundation and the AIDS Garden Board of Directors is hosting a commemoration for World AIDS Day at the AIDS Garden Chicago, which is located at the Belmont Harbor. It's an incredible place uh, where to remember the lives lost and stand in solidarity with those living with the HIV AIDS virus. And joining us now is the president of the AIDS Garden Chicago Board, uh, Jonathan Pizer. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really uh, appreciate uh, you reaching out, and it's a pleasure to talk with you this oh, morning. Oh, my goodness. Like, thank you for taking time out. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful holiday weekend uh, and getting I ready. I did. Oh, good, 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 good. And I hope that you're getting ready for um, uh, what I'm assuming is going to be a solemn yet celebratory uh, event that takes place on December 1st. Uh, can you... For folks who might not be familiar, can you tell us a little bit more about the park itself? It's it's been open for a couple of years now, and it's 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 just a remarkable place. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you clearly uh, have have uh, been there or seen it. Yeah, it's uh, really a very special place. We call it a, a park with a purpose, and it's uh, two and a half acres, as you said, just south of uh, Belmont Harbor, off of. Lakeshore Drive. It is uh, centered on the iconic uh, Keith Haring uh, self-portrait sculpture, uh, which actually was installed four and a half years ago. It marked uh, the end of our phase one of really a, a decades-long Has it really um, been four endeavor. years? Uh, can you believe that? Yeah, Not four and a half years. <laughs> Holy smokes, you're kidding it's actually me. actually pre-COVID, if you can believe that. That was, that was just the end of phase one. We had our um, our official uh, grand opening uh, June second to kick off um, Pride Month in uh, 2022. Uh, the governor was there. Then Mayor Lori Lightfoot was there. A lot of uh, um, special people who had literally spent decades uh, turning this dream into a reality. Uh, first and foremost, the um, fine people at the Parks Foundation, uh, led by uh, Willa Gutian Lang and uh, former. Alder uh, Tom Tunney and former um, uh, majority leader of the state house in Illinois, Greg Harris, mm-hmm. uh, they really made this happen. Um, and it, uh, it's really a special place. Um, it, uh, there are stanchions throughout the, um, 
uh, garden with QR codes. And you can, uh, with your phone, you can listen to stories of Chicagoans affected by HIV and AIDS. And there are different areas where you can, you know, contemplate, you can remember, you can celebrate, um, you can learn more. Uh, it's really a very uh, special place right there um, on Lake Michigan. And you know, it's important to note that it, this location is not, uh, was not chosen by chance. It yeah. is the former location of the, the Chicago Rocks. Rocks. Yep. Exactly, yep. which for those of you who don't know, um, from approximately you know, the 60s through the 90s, was a very, very important um, gathering place for the LGBTQ community when there weren't other, a lot of other places for people to gather except uh, oftentimes in, you know, dark uh, gay bars or other places. This was out, uh, you know, in the center of the city on Lake Michigan and just a wonderful place to sort of celebrate life and, and be together as community. And, of course, you know, uh, the timing was such that, you know, a lot of the people who gathered there were ultimately, you know, directly affected by HIV and AIDS. So it's it's sort of, you know, fitting. It sort of it comes full circle to have this incredible, you know, uh, iconic gathering space, you know, that's really become, you know, quite uh, a, you know, a important place, not just for Chicagoans, but, you know, people from around the country and even around the world have really recognized this as, as a, an important monument to, you know, to honor, respect, remember, educate, and celebrate those affected by HIV and AIDS. So speaking of honoring uh, these people, these these wonderful people that we lost, so many of them, Jonathan, yeah. what are the plans actually for World's, uh, World AIDS Day? How are you going to commemorate it on Friday? So, so thanks for asking, Alan. Um, so we're, it's going to be a community gathering. Um, we're going to have uh, people who are responsible for bringing uh, the garden into a reality. But we're also just going to have um, sort of a con- contemplative uh, moment where people can, we're going to have spoken word, we're going to have song, uh, we're going to have remembrances, really from people in the community. Um, uh, Don Bell, uh, who's just a, a, a community treasure, mm-hmm. um, uh, is a dear friend, and he's going to be speaking about sort of the general generational uh, connection uh, between those, you know, uh, back in the day who were directly affected and sort of what now people, the young people, the next generations can take uh, going forward uh, with sort of the battle, you know, that we mounted, you know, against HIV and AIDS. And, you know, they're going to be, we're going to have faith leaders, um, uh song it's just it's going to be really uh an important uh gathering just to mark the day and i honestly i can't think of anywhere else uh, in the world that i would rather be on world aids day than right here in our own chicago treasure uh aids garden chicago yeah it's uh you know i i'm i'm, I'm getting a little like choked up so uh so here's the thing that that one of the things that the reason why I think that the AIDS Garden in Chicago was so special is because because of the younger generation who might not who I think they don't quite understand what it was like. I mean, I even like was coming up, you know, near the I mean, not the end of the near the end of the really, really bad times. But people mm-hmm. don't, I don't think people, like younger folks, really understand how this 
plague ravaged our community. Um, and that there's a generation of gay men above me who are gone, you know, and, and for yep. some reason it's one of those moments of like, it's, it feels like, you know, it is, it's a important reminder of like, this is the people, the com it was the one, one of the big times that the community actually came together despite all of our differences, despite, you know, men, women, those above and beyond and in between really came together and like, no, we, we are fighting for our lives right here. Exactly. And, and, and it was, exactly. it's one of the, it's a very special place. And uh, one of the things that I do love about the the AIDS Garden Chicago is that you do have those digital quilt, like story archives. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, can you yes. tell folks a little bit about that project? For sure. Yeah, we we call it the digital quilt. Just just like you said, uh, somebody's done their homework. Uh, and um, you can actually go to our website. It's AIDS Chicago AIDSGardenChicago.org. And there is a link, and you can actually, people uh, anywhere in the world can upload their stories. Just talk and tell us your stories about your experience with HIV and AIDS. And it's really, it, it brings the park, it brings the garden alive, mm -hmm. because you hear these just gripping stories and, and just remembrances of friends that are no longer with us about, you know, from you know, uh, care providers, you know, who are on the front lines from doctors, you know, from people who lost their loved ones and friends and people who are, frankly, you know, you know, also still with us today and, you know, are HIV positive, but, you know, are, are doing great, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I just want to, I want to follow up on what you said about sort of the next generation, you know, one of the most special things about the garden is that it is such a testament to, you know, the struggle that, you know, the community had dealing with this pandemic and, and how we must never forget. We can't forget those we've lost. We can't forget sort of the forces of hate and indifference, which decimated our community. Mm -hmm. But we also can't forget the people who cared for our friends and family yeah. when, frankly, they were abandoned by many of their families and by their government. Um, and we can never forget, you know, those brave individuals who acted up and, you know, I'm using those yep. <laughs> those words very intentionally, <laughs> right. acted up. Yep. And, you know, like Danny Sotomayor, yes. you know, who I, on on Friday, you know, Lori Cannon, a, another Chicago treasurer, is going mm -hmm. to be yep. speaking about Danny. And, uh, and you know, if, if the, for those of you um, who caught it on WTTW, they just did, you know, yes, they just did a documentary on Danny Sotomayor and the fight, you know, here in Chicago against, you know, a, a complacent, indifferent city government. I mean, these these are the stories that we need to pass on to the next generation. And the garden is just a perfect way to do that. And, you know, it's not just it, this isn't just historical either. I mean, they're, they're, I don't want to get all political and, and forgive me. Oh, but the other half that I wear is for the other hat that I wear when I'm not being a, a um, board chair for AIDS Garden Chicago. I, I'm also the LGBTQ liaison for Congressman Mike Quigley of the Fighting Fifth District, uh, okay. in which the garden is based. But, um, you know, in the in the latest uh, uh, funding proposal, in the latest budget that the Republicans in the House put forward, they zeroed out, they completely eliminated, you know, uh, HAPWA, which is, you know, uh, housing for people affected by HIV and AIDS. They zeroed out uh, PEPFAR, which is, 
you know, one of the most successful international health aid programs that the U.S. government has ever launched, mm-hmm. which it did an incredible job of, you know, of, of bringing down, you know, HIV uh, infections worldwide. They want to zero it all out. Hmm. Yeah. They well, don't acknowledge it. And, and this fight is now. It's today. It's right now. I know. Well, Jonathan, I'm so sorry because we are up against a heartbreak right now, and we will definitely have you back on to talk about more of those issues. Yes, definitely. definitely. But uh, the World AIDS Day commemoration at the AIDS Garden Chicago is at 10 a.m. Rain, shine, snow uh, on December 1st. For more information, (laughs) go to uh, AIDSGardenChicago.org. Jonathan Pizer, thank you so much for for joining us. Jonathan. Uh, Appreciate it. And 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 thank you for the celebration that will that will be there. Indeed. There we are. All right. We've Thanks got for to, having me. Thank, Great talking with you. you. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's the second hour of Out Chicago right here on WCPT. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, along with Ellen Miller, mm-hmm. rolling along in this winter wonderland. That's we need a fireplace in here to oh, make it cozy. You know, I've got. Um, so years ago, when we did, uh, when I did, we three Liza's. Mm-hmm. We, oh yeah, that was we so bought fun. this little electric fireplace uh-huh. thing that we had on the set and we have it up we have it we brought it upstairs so we can like have a fire oh that's cute <laughs> and we put it in maybe i'll bring it in sometime we'll just plug it I'd in i'd love that <laughs> it's the weirdest thing it just makes Does it, it give little, you like heat? no no it's, just just, it's a lamp it. oh it's a it's basically a lamp. a lamp that goes because it's like supposed to look oh, like yeah. it's a fire going yeah, yeah, so yeah, something yeah. inside moving moving. flames around yes mm-hmm. so i'll bring that in Maybe we'll do that for like for for our holiday shows. Our holiday shows, maybe for New Year's Eve, we'll just sit by the fire, our little own fireside chats. Fireside chats. That'd be great. We will be on the air New Year's Eve. Yes, we will. Uh, And you know, we're on the air right now. We've got a great uh, second hour uh, lined up for you. A little bit later on, we are going to be speaking with the uh, Terry Spencer Hesser and Dexter Bullard, the creative minds behind uh, Christmas with Elvis. Mm -hmm. You know. That old I'm show. I'm going to see it tomorrow night. I know. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. There we are. Christmas with Elvis. It's going to be at the Chopin. You know, it's the holidays now. We're in holiday mode. So Chicago Theater does not disappoint. Um, so we'll be chatting with them a little bit later on. But uh, before we do that, uh, you know, I'm very happy. This is kind of tying into our, our discussion uh, with uh, Yanni uh, Pizer from the AIDS Garden Chicago, mm-hmm. which is about uh, intergenerational uh, sort of uh, a, a need for intergenerational connections mm-hmm. uh, within the LGBTQ community because, you know, Chicago's LGBTQ plus community is facing pressing needs at both ends of the lifespan. There is a crisis in youth homelessness, accelerated aging among uh, among people living with HIV and an acute lack of culturally competent support for seniors. And One Roof Chicago is an emerging initiative to build an LGBTQ plus centered intergenerational community for older adults and young people most in need of affirming housing, meaningful connection, and career development. And joining us now is the executive director of One Roof Chicago, Jim Harvey. Jim, thank you so much for taking time out today and joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my God. Look, when I saw I'm I'm Anna Deshaun's number one fan. And when oh. I saw the, the purple ball, purple tie ball and that one roof Chicago was was featured over that, I was like, this is yes, let's do this. So what tell 
did I get everything right? Can you tell the folks uh, out there, like, what was the the spark for this this incredible idea of One Roof Chicago? Well, first of all, we will have to elbow our way into being the number one fan. This is true. I, <laughs> this is very true. That is true. That is true. I think we're not right. the only ones, Jim. That's so right. exactly. Well, uh, we believe that everyone is entitled to uh, to live in an environment which affirms their identity and empowers their growth. And so that was the spark that that I think lit the fire that is now One Roof Chicago. Uh, we embrace a new way of living that combats loneliness, isolation, and invisibility in our community. And uh, as a result of that, um, we're looking to build um, 100 units of uh, intergenerational housing that is going to lend itself to an intergenerational community for LGBTQ people in need of affirming housing, meaningful connection, and career development. And I think that's an important piece. So how hard is it to to build something like this? It sounds like it's a a monumental task, but tell me, how how are you achieving it? Uh, it, 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 It is a monumental task, but I'm really pleased with the progress we're making. Uh, we have partnered up with um, Full Circle Communities, which is uh, an organ- a nonprofit uh, development corporation here in Chicago that has a really great track record uh, in building uh, uh, communities uh, that may approach this kind of a, a description. Uh, mind you, what we're approaching, what we're doing here is one of a kind. It's never been done any place in the country. And that's one of the things that's exciting about it. But raising the money for it uh, is taking a lot of, of very creative and yet traditional approaches. We're expecting that this is going to be about a $50 million project. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we look at uh, the amount of money that's available through traditional means of uh, funding, HUD and, and um, LIHTC and um, housing money for um, uh, providing permanent uh, residential services for homeless young adults, uh, we'll be able to put a large chunk of that money together. And, of course, there'll be others that we'll have to raise on our own. So we're raising $1 at a time yeah. every place we possibly can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Good. I, I, I'm glad that you said that this is, like, it, the first of its kind. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I was, you know, reading up on the organization and what's, what's happening, it's like, what an incredible just a, like it it's like a brilliant idea yeah. you know it, quite often within our community the lgbtq plus community that both ends of the spectrum tend to be a little slighted or ignored you know whether you're talking about the elders in our community or the young people uh in our community and to have them both uh in this intergenerational community just seems incredible you know <laughs> like um are as you were kind of working through this you know this incredible idea what is what exactly is the vision and mission of one roof chicago well to to answer the needs of both of these communities yeah. first and foremost 
um, and and at the same time uh, capture the, the the value of both of these communities being able to come together um, for uh, a, a really effective exchange of, of, of ideas as well as services. For example, I mentioned um, career development. We're focusing on making certain that young people have a career path. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're looking at young people who have been on the margins for the most part, young people who have been uh, homeless, near homeless, uh, couch surfing, uh, issues like that, have limited to, to no sustainable skills. And so we want to put them into uh, job training programs, put them into skills training programs. So we're focusing our first cohort on um, elder care and home health care services. Why? Because the seniors that are coming in are going to be bringing in, bringing with them probably some of the greatest needs for elder care and home health care. So if you've got these two residences uh, under the same roof, uh, one can meet the needs of the other. Yeah. And at the same time, we'll have facilitators to, uh, to facilitate mentoring projects to begin to capture history. Because there's a lot, and this is why intergenerational is so important, there's a lot of history, for example, that young people can benefit from Absolutely. having really good engagement with, with, with older people. I love that synergy that you're that you're trying to create. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's, Thanks. yeah. So, it, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to just say that more than seventy-five percent of LGBTQ seniors entering long-term care facilities uh, express apprehension about the neglect, abuse, a or being denied services in those facilities. And there, I have some some stories that I. I share when I talk around talk about this project around the city that uh, uh, highlights that, and and so I think it's really important that we make certain that seniors have safe and affirming uh, housing experiences. Yeah, and so this, this well, is our doing that. Can you share with our listeners some of those stories? Because I don't think people quite understand, you know, the, like you were saying, the apprehension of people going into uh, a longer term care facility. There is a real fear of our LGBTQ elders, you know, whether it's they having to go back into the closet or whether it's going to be sure. discrimination that's happening. Can you can you share some of those, like one of those stories that that you share? Sure, I'd be glad to. I yeah, I I personally had a classmate in elementary school who um, she stopped by my house every day to pick me up on the way to school. And we became fast friends, and we were friends for a long time. Uh, halfway through high school, though, we lost touch with one another and really didn't come back around to connecting with each other until maybe about 10 years ago, at which time, you know, she shared with me her journey, and her journey was that, that uh, uh, she'd come out as a lesbian and had been in a relationship at that time for about 25 years mm -hmm. with the same woman. Well, her partner died, mm -hmm. and it was one of those situations where when their partner died, the family swooped in and snatched up everything and told her, you know, we've got this, and you're out. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So she's dealing with grief. She's dealing with homelessness. Fortunate she, fortunately, she had a, a good retirement program in place. So she looked around to find a place to move, and so she moved into a retirement community. Mm-hmm. And this is one of, this was the woman who, uh, very friendly and outgoing, and she just expected that she was going to move into this community and, and be accepted, be supported, and it was anything but that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whispers and, and, and verbal abuse and strange things happening in and around her apartment. And so as she continued to grieve, it got the best of her. My friend committed suicide. Oh, oh my God. I'm so he sorry. committed suicide. I miss her to this very day. You know? But what it said to me was, had one roof been up and operating and in existence at that time, might have been able to save her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A book, I mean, clearly. And so that's the. Yeah, so that underscores the urgency and the importance and the value of, of, of this kind of Absolutely. a project in my life. Yeah, clearly there there is a need, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and one of the things, again, on both ends of the spectrum, whether it's, you know, the elders or young people, one of the biggest things that affects both communities is loneliness, you know, is this this sense of isolation. And to have a place where they're able to have community, to feel safe so that they can be who they are um it is it's hard to underestimate the power of that you know especially just to for the health and mental mental mm-hmm. health of both you know both ends of the spectrum um clearly there is there is a need for such an a, an incredible community do you have some sort of timeline that you are working with right now we're looking at bricks and mortar by 2026. Oh wow! So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so the this, this concept has been in existence now for about four years. Um, the the board of directors has held firm, and they hired me on just April of this year, and this is the first time that they brought on a full time staff person uh, to begin to push this thing forward. So. I'm doing so much of the work that board members, you know, had been working to do before, but, you know, building community relations and finding additional funding and and just making certain that we get the word out and we bring in new partnerships uh, and, and, and then just look at the, the big ball of wax and make certain that we're on the same, on the right path here. And we are. We're on the right path, thank goodness. And I and the, this incredible board of directors, you know, has the vision. They gave me the vision, and I'm running with it. Wow, it, it, it's a beautiful and huge undertaking. So our hats are off to you, Jim, for for your efforts. And it sounds like your efforts are going to be turning into uh, a beautiful situation and and giving these people that so badly need it a, a place uh, to live out their lives in a healthy way. So. Uh, kudos to you and to everybody uh, on your team. Thank you so much for that. Um, we're, you know, we're we're building in Bronzeville, and we're being very intentional about that because when you look at the numbers as they relate to African Americans in in particular, um, there's there's even a, an even greater yeah. need. Uh, nearly 25% of LG, LGBTQ Black youth, for example, between the ages of 
18 and 25 have experienced homelessness. Yep. And therein comes the loneliness and, and, and the disconnect that we, we want to help heal. And so that's, that's important. And Bronzeville, because Bronzeville has a rich history of LGBTQ black um, uh, leadership and, mm-hmm. and, and presence. And so we don't want that to get lost. Yeah. What has been the response from the, the greater Bridgeport community at large? Well, Bronzeville has, Bronzeville has been really very, very uh, positive, in, positive in this response. Fabulous. Um, yeah. Um, the, the alderman, for example, um, Pat Dowell is the alderman in the area where we're looking at, you know, what the site we're looking at, at building this property on. And she's come along and said, well, you know, in addition to uh, building this this 100-unit property, um, I'd like to put up a a regional senior center adjacent to it. So we've been working hand-in-hand in in, in creating, you know, a much greater presence than we even anticipated. And that's what really makes it exciting. So local elected officials have been very, very responsive and supportive. Uh, and as we have these meetings on a monthly basis with the city leaders, they're all at the table. They're all very encouraging. They've helped us every step of the way. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm just excited about the progress we've made. That is such be. tremendous news, you know, to have the support of your city, the support of that community, uh, you know, to be to coming in to make this project uh, a, a reality. Uh no, I know, you know, you're dealing with the city and the city can move as fast as the city can move. Uh, say there are some <laughs> say there are some people out there who, you know, are, you know, have, you know, a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a million dollars just laying around. And they're like, you know what? This sounds really like a worthwhile project. How can how can our listeners support One Roof Chicago and help to make this uh, this community initiative a reality? If they go to our website, which is www.oneroofchicago, all one word, .org, um, that'll take you to a site where you've got a QR code, you've got donors' boxes, and all the instructions and opportunities you can. And we'll take every dollar and every million dollars. <laughs> right. Wish I had it again. I know. I've got my million bucks in my other pants. Is <laughs> where they are right now. Send it on. It's a great call, though. It's a beautiful and great cause, Jim. Yeah. I mean, I, again, we're talking about something where you know there are pressing needs that are ha- that are focused right now. Again, for our elders, for our young people, and to have folks like you, Jim Harvey, uh, and the incredible board and and our city who is behind One Roof Chicago. Um, it, it really buoys the spirit. So uh, if you have, a, you know, Giving Tuesday is coming up on Tuesday, this thing that people have decided happens. But let's make it a thing. Right, and why right. don't you, you know, and why don't you give to, if you're able to, you know, give to One Roof Chicago because you'll be providing um, some valuable uh, services uh, for folks uh, who, who just really need them. So, uh, if you again, if you want to find out more information about this incredible community uh, coming up in Bridgeport and there are ways to, that you can support, head to oneroofchicago.org uh, and and give give all you can yes. uh jim harvey executive director of one roof chicago uh thank you so much 
for taking time out today to join us. Thank you for the work that you are doing. And on this Thanksgiving holiday, you know, we're really, really grateful that there are folks out there like you and, again, your incredible board who are out there um, trying to raise people up. Amen to that. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and Bronzeville is calling you. All right. <laughs> well, in a couple of years, right. probably. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Jim Arby, again, go to oneroofchicago.org to find out more information about this incredible vision uh, and to make a donation. Jim Harvey, thanks so much, and have a wonderful day. Thank you, and you too. Thank you so much. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, it's the holiday season, so let's start talking about some ways to entertain the folks around town. We're going to be speaking with the creative minds behind Christmas with Elvis, Terry Spencer Hesser, and Dexter Bullard. So stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Heather Vickery with Greatest Expectations. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Ella Miller rolling along here. Mm-hmm. It is now officially, we are we are officially in the holiday, in the holiday times. Mm, yes, we are. We are in the holiday times and we live in the greatest city in the world for the arts, yes. theater, yes, music, indeed. everything. The very best. And you know, if say you like you like the holidays? Say you don't like the holidays. We got a little bit of something for both of you. And let me tell you, you know, this there, there's a play that's happening. It's a classic tale. You know, that story, the tale as old as time. <laughs> oh, yes. You are recently divorced. Uh-huh. You find out on Christmas Eve that your ex-husband is getting married. Of course. And before you know it, you're visited by a very dead Elvis Presley. That's, that's kind of what happens to a lot of people. Time. Yeah, yeah there he is. But <laughs> now, for not... the first time in 32 years, Christmas with Elvis returns to Chicago this holiday season. And joining us now are playwright Terry Spencer Hesser and director Dexter Bullard. Uh, Terry and Dexter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Thank hey. you for that cool intro. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, oh, this old tired story again. again. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Terry, first of all, y'all are in previews. I know you're officially opening tomorrow. How are how are previews going? Perfect. We are having we're having a great time, <laughs> Scott. And um we're feeling this story being told and getting laughs and a little bit of tears and it's doing its magic. It's a magic show and lots of fun. I love it. You know, laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry, mm-hmm. Terry, how yeah. how in the heck did this play come about? You know, it's like okay. <laughs> so, so three decades ago, I met Ed Debevix with my daughter and a little girl and a woman I don't know, and she plays Elvis on the jukebox and was kind of apologetic and then said to me with a totally straight face. I never really liked Elvis until I got divorced, and then I started thinking that he was singing only to me. So I couldn't stop thinking it. It was like an earworm, an obsession. I thought about it for the next couple of weeks, more or less constantly. And then I wrote the first draft of this play, and a version of that first draft is what premiered 31 years ago or 32 years ago at the Beat Kitchen. This is a very different play now, though. So 32 years ago, first production... What have you yeah. done to update and freshen this story up for for today? Yeah. I think, you know, I'm going to leave the freshen to Dexter, but to update, 
I think initially I just saw this as the funniest idea. I mean, who wouldn't want a visitation from the debauched ghost of Elvis? Right. Um, married, divorced, or not. But this incarnation is uh, is a lot more more serious. I was thinking the word dramedy doesn't really apply to this play. Someone posted on Facebook that it was um, funny and sad and loony. And I thought, those are good descriptions. It's more like a loony drama or a serious comedy. And there's an awful lot more physical and emotional movement in this play than the first time. Oh. And that's Dexter. Uh, well, well, yeah, clearly. I mean, Dexter, I've been a big fan of your career, you know, ever since, you know, you long history with Second City, uh, back to right. the plasticine days. Like, yep. Yep. I'm, I'm again, big fan. Um, I agree. So, so why, why bring this show back? Like, why, why Christmas with Elvis, 32 years later, you're like, you know what? We all need this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's for me, right? It, <laughs> um, it's absolutely. It was during COVID, actually, that I that a friend of mine urged me to rewrite this because every day we felt so much more scared of each other and isolated from each other, and it was like, are we going to catch this? And when is this going to end? And how you know, every day the stats for like mental illness in this country is climbing, and alcohol abuse is climbing. And I thought, this is the time kind of to re-examine the more serious aspects of this play, which is just plain loneliness and what happened. And, and this play, I, th- I feel for myself, it's sort of a shift between looking at a world that, or a situation that you feel has disappointed you and kind of bringing it back to yourself to see how you've disappointed yourself and then how to get out of that. So uh, I don't know if that answered that question or not. No, that's cool. So, Dexter, what drew you to? Were you involved with this when it was at the Beat Kitchen? Only slightly. Uh, the actor Mark Nelson was in a production called Bouncers that I did at Next Theater back in those days. Yep. And uh, it was a late night, so he would do the show Bouncers and then scream down to the Beat Kitchen, right, to do a late night. Uh, you know, that was that. From Great Evanston. 90s energy in Chicago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All the way from Evanston. <laughs> down to, yeah, so he would be, you know, like, hey, everybody, we got to make sure Bouncers goes fast enough because if anybody drags this play, which they shouldn't anyway, right, right I'm not going to make it <laughs> to be Elvis, right, and appear. So Mark, dear friend of mine, so I had contact with the play, knew about it, didn't know Terry, and then Terry out of the blue comes, I read the play, I read it first, I was like, oh, this is funny. Then I read it a second time and it went, oh, my God, this is deep and, you know, um, stirring, and it makes a great Christmas statement that just what Terry was talking about, you know, this is a time where we connect to each other, or we're supposed to connect, right? Yeah. What could be a more strong message for right now than people getting connected to themselves, of course, first, and then other people out of that through what I think is, yeah, dramedy. I think it's a romantic comedy. Hmm. I think it's a romantic comedy. And I think that, you know, we, we guide an audience in to some really beautiful, musical, funny, farcical moments that are absolutely true and, and, and tender and hilarious. And then, you know, bring a message, because that's what Christmas, you know, Christmas time is about, is about a message. Sure. Giving yeah. each other strong messages. And Terry has written one that I think is really, really not just heartwarming, but heart energizing, right? You know, maybe you're going to reach across something. Maybe you're going to make a, you know, a prouder 
courageous moment happen. And that's actually been part of Terry's life because there's a lot, and she's not going to say this, but there's a lot of bravery in everything that Terry's talking about and has as a writer brought to people over countless, you know, works that she's written and, pl- and places that she's been to keep on, you know, making people more human, mm. you know, and that's what it's about. Can't beat that. Oh my gosh, okay. Terry, I hope your heart just grew three <laughs> sizes that day. Like, well, that's like, wow, it can. that is a lot. That's some, that's some great praise right there. I love the how. It is great praise. Yeah, I <laughs> Including, love... I mean, what, what, what she does in this play is deal with such a crippling anxiety. And it's weird because I'm thinking I'm dealing with a crippling anxiety just talking on the radio. Oh, so, <laughs> oh you're fine. You you're doing great. great. <laughs> you're doing great there. I love that, that both of you. Like you have, you know, to the creative spirits behind, uh, you know, Christmas with Elvis. Mm-hmm. It's now at the Chopin Theater. Uh, I love that both of you are looking at this text and seeing all of the things that it can be. You know, it's a moody drama. Mm-hmm. It is a thing with all the feels. It's a hilarious farce. It's got music. So, Dexter, as you were all getting ready to go into rehearsals, and I know you, Terry made an illusion that it is a, like a more physical kind of experience. Mm-hmm. What was your rehearsal process? Because uh, it's just two folks. It's, you know, yep. uh, what was your rehearsal process like to go in and to, you know, as you have Terry, you know, uh, making some changes and updating that? How, Right. How, did you two work in concert with the other two, with the two actors? How did how Absolutely. did that? Yeah. Absolutely. How can you be in Chicago and not work with everybody in the room? <laughs> right. right? <laughs> this is really what Chicago's about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess, yep. Maybe not the not the aldermen, but you know, <laughs> Chicago is about most groups of people. You get into a room and you say, "What's going to work?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how do we how how does this thing how is it made? How is it going to work? And egos get checked at the door. And we, yes, all four of us pitched into it, even anybody around in the room. You know, if you were there watching and said, oh, that moment could be better, I'd be like, thank you. Let's sharpen this up. You know, the only thing holding us back from being excellent is just being honest with each other, right, and having a good time with it. So my rehearsal process was let's get a, have a good laugh in the room. Let's be really clear about what the, uh, the play wants to say. Let's see what we're saying, what we're doing. And then for me, of course, I know you're kind of hinting at, like, what's the physical energy and, and, and the panache of this, and that is that, hey, this is a show I want people to feel like that was clever. That was smart. Mm. You know, that was vibrant. It was a very alive moment, you know, and objects and people and color and space, you know, aren't just by some dreary protocol. You know, I've been telling people all the time, like, theater does not have to be so, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, sort of just like laid back and, and talky and intellectual. It's everything. It's animal. It's, it's, it's hilarious. It's also deeply philosophical. And I know I'm going there again, but I go there, mm. and this is what it's about. The best thing I could do with a piece of theater is have people come, have a good time, connect with each other, connect with what's going on, on stage, you know, enjoy some music, enjoy some good you know, lines of dialogue that really cut through you know, some of the other uh, media out there. That, are, that, that aren't maybe so mm-hmm. honest or so human mm-hmm. and have a great, have a great time with that, you know, plus, you know, deliver maybe a message, a conversation would be a great thing to have after a piece of art that makes you, you know, draws you in and, you know, brings you out a little bit. I think that's what it's about. And this is a beautiful, touching show. I, you know, I, I told um, 
Terry, like I feel like when I read the play the second time, especially, boy, it was hard not to feel like really overtaken with the beauty of what these people do from a simple idea like the ghost of Elvis appears, you know, it goes Christmas Carol, you know, Mm -hmm. to gift of the Magi. The two of them give each other a Mm -hmm. gift. They didn't even know they had. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's just, you know, so compelling to figure out. So the actors are doing their best. They're brilliant. Brenda Berry has a rich history here in Chicago the Mm -hmm. past 20 years or so. Victor Holstein rising up in many stages. But this is a really awesome place. He's being a multi-instrumental musician also at the same time as a brilliant actor. I mean, this is what Chicago breeds, yeah. right? Wow. Great talent. I, I'm going tomorrow night, and I am excited hearing you describe uh, the emotion and the feelings and what's been put into this show because it sounds like it's an absolutely beautiful and perfect show for this time of year and maybe all times yeah, I can't of wait year. to see you after, Ellen. <laughs> I can't wait to see you after and see your response. Yeah. I, I would just want to add to what Dexter said. I never wanted to work in a writer's room in Los Angeles because I have this fear of coming up and being funny on the fly. And we did, we did a, you know, not a significant amount of rewrites, but enough in the room. And Dexter had such an open, fun, playful room. And everybody was so talented that it was fun and easy. But from my experience, the, with watching these two unbelievable actors completely changed under, uh, with Dexter's, you know, direction isn't even quite, it doesn't feel like the right word, like empathy or urging or something. It was quite a, quite a, almost a mystical experience to watch the transition. And I don't want to give anything away, but the first act break, you know, before we used strobes and this and whatever, when it was performed, this is, this is no trick. You're really seeing the actors do something, I think, really special. Mm, sounds like it. All I can't right. wait. See, this is why I love Chicago theater. Oh, it's the best. It is, yeah. I mean, it is, you get a bunch of people in a room. Mm, doing something very special. Yes, great mm. reckonings yep. in tiny rooms. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. There you are. Thank you, Frank Galati. And going mm. back to my Frank yep. Galati days. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Frank. He was a teacher of mine, too. I know. Don't do that. Now I'm really getting sentimental. I'm, look, Dexter, I'm telling you, like, I'm, when you were talking about things that need to be, you know, uh, uh, vibrant and clever and, and whatever, I'm like, yeah. I just, again, being a huge fan of your work, th- there's no mm. doubt in my mind that this is nothing short of clever and dynamic <laughs> and lovely. And Terry, hearing your 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 passion about this this work and about watching it come to life you know, from the page to the stage kind of moment it's, it's like this is this seems to me like if you are looking for a quintessential chicago theater yeah. experience you know one that began in the beat kitchen you know and, hey, and, wrong with that. and mm-hmm. had nothing wrong with that but i mean like the starts of the beat kitchen with a late night show and yeah. it's now you know like it's it's, it's just the heart and the, the spirit is in such an incredible place for this. Um, Terry, before we let you go, what what do you hope audiences will take away from, from this experience? I hope they take away the idea that no matter what their life circumstance, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that people who are dealing with something horrific are lucky, but I do think in, in many ways, we're pretty much all just lucky to be alive and we could lighten up a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Dexter, is yeah. that, does that sound fair? That was fantastic, and you know it was. Uh, <laughs> absolutely true. Yep. Absolutely great. So, yep, 
come see the show and 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 we hope we can give you that gift. There we go. Well, make sure you head out and to the thank sh- you. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. Make sure everybody, you head out to the Chopin Theater to go see Christmas with Elvis. It's now playing through January 7th. If you got some folks coming in from out of town or you just want something special and fun to do during the holidays, grab a bunch of folks, head on over there. Uh, for t- tickets, you can go to the theater.com and that's theater spelled with an R-E because they are fancy over there. Uh, again, the show is <laughs> Christmas with Elvis at the Chopin Theater through January 7th. Uh, Terry Spencer Hesser, Dexter Bullard, thank you so so much for joining us. Break legs yes, as you as legs. you head towards opening, uh, and and the happiest of holidays. You hunka hunka burn in love. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Can't wait to see it. See you tomorrow. Thank, thank you, you, Alan. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Thank you. Alrighty, we've got to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is the final thrilling, show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT. I'm Honey West. Welcome to Out Chicago on WCPT. Uh, welcome back to Out Chicago. <laughs> Scott up here. Ella Miller just got chilly. I got chilly yeah, in I got here. Ch- it did get chilly in here. And, and, and I had to put on my coat and my hat. And I know. Scarf. It's very strange. Something I think like a ghost. Maybe it was Elvis. Maybe Elvis, Elvis came in. was in the building. Elvis is in the building. And Elvis is like, oof. I'm wearing my at properties uh, stocking cap. Love. Remind people that I also have a real estate career, too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Thank you. You call a stocking cap because when Ginger Minge was on, yeah. and we were talking about oh, the difference yeah. between like the southern stuff. I'm like, because you know what Jerry calls that? What? A toboggan. A what? A toboggan. I thought that was something you it's slightly sat on. I know. Thank you. Okay. I know. It's a weird thing. Okay. A t- is it a southern thing? It's a southern thing. Because they don't have toboggans thing. down there. I know. They don't they they had they to make up sudding. something, yeah, so they made a, a tobog- I'm like, because you, you wear it when you go on a toboggan? I don't know. but it's Oh, probably. Maybe. They had, if we ever got a toboggan, I bet we'd wear a hat like that. That is exactly <laughs> how they would sound, too, when they would do that. That is exactly. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that. No, they don't sound like that. Like that? No. How do they sound? Not like they are. Okay, I don't know my, who sounds like that. Some voice that came out of me. Please forgive me. So funny. It's like John, uh, Jerry hates. Uh, he cannot watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Okay, why? Which I, I love. love I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, because John Turturro's accent drives him crazy oh, through the whole thing. I'm sure that gets to him. That's yeah, he's like, one. it's the Southern in mm-hmm. him. It's like, his, it, it bristles. Mm-hmm. We thought you was a town. <laughs> Do not seek the treasure. A little affected, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. Just a, just a touch. You know. Yeah. But anyway, there we are. Um, look, we should, everybody should definitely need, you need to go see Christmas with Elvis, clearly. Yes. Sounds special, magical. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I also, I have to give a shout out. Uh, yesterday, when uh, we got sprung yes. from COVID jail. Mm-hmm. You went and celebrated. We went and celebrated uh, responsibly. Yes. Uh, and we went to a matinee Perfect. of Manual Cinema's A Christmas Carol at Writer's Theater. Here it's great. Look, look, I cannot recommend this show high enough. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It is so good. It, I, uh, 
I don't know. Have you ever seen any of the work of from Manual Cinema? I've only heard about it, and I've just heard raves. Is yeah, all we I've had them heard. on the show yeah, last year. Yeah, we had year. them on last year. Yeah, because uh, it was just one of those. I'm like, I oh, gutted. Uh, but watching their work is there are very few times when I go. Well, that's not a lie. That's a lie. There are many times when I go see a show and I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. I want to be doing that. Uh, this is one of those moments where you're like, I, re- I would love to be a part of this something this special. Cool. The way that, that I mean, a lot. and it's but it's like it is so low tech, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's it's definitely high tech because there's like the projections going on there, but they're using like an overhead projector that you had in, <laughs> in grade classroom, like yeah. yeah, in your grade school thing. Yeah. It is pieces of paper wow. and cardboard um, that get and you projected. Get emotional over it. Oh, I That's what you said. I, really, it, last year and emotion. this year, I tears just streaming down my face for a good ten minutes. It is. It's. It's a wonderful. A just. It's an incredible. It's a beautiful feat. Just the, the storytelling, the way that it is. Um, it's it it's a shadow puppet show, mm-hmm. but it is it feels it's cinematic. And I mean they've they've won Emmys. This yeah. company oh, yeah. they were they did the closing credits of um, Candyman, the new version of Candyman that Jordan Peele mm-hmm. produced. Mm-hmm. It just it, this the work is just. And are they stunning. based? Where are they based out of? Here in Chicago. They are Chicago. Yeah, they're here in Chicago. I first so encountered much great them. Talent here. I know I encountered them uh, years ago, but maybe about like 10 years ago at uh they they used to be called uh, barrel of monkeys but now they're called like the playwrights play lab workshop something like that they changed the name but they had a show called that's weird grandma and oh, yeah, and they course. did a thing called chicago's weird grandma where they called called people from all the different theater companies and about face theater it was me mitchell fain and uh philip dawkins uh we did a p a, a, adapted a children's story uh, on the same show as Manual Cinema, and I'm like, what is happening here? They've gone on. They did Frankenstein at, at um, uh, the Court Theater. They've again. I'm goofing. It's it's just it's it, it is there. It's, it's unique. very unique, yeah. and it's also it, it's not just the story of a Christmas Carol. It's a, you know the story of which I guess Christmas Carol is a story of loss in a way. But um, but it's like you. It's basically you see one. There's one actor. I'm mm-hmm. using air quotes right there because it's. You know, she's the only one that's not covered up. Right. You know that you see her the whole time um, until the end. Uh, but it's like you. There's a story within a story. It goes back to like times we've been talking about today about like trying to find connections mm-hmm. with people about intergenerational sort of experiences. There's a. It deals with loss and regret and and hoping to. It's very, very hopeful and very beautiful, and about the power of connecting with with folks that you that you love. Yeah, sounds like you a know, perfect holiday show. It another is, perfect holiday it show. It is. It is. And it's at Writers. It's at Writers Theater. It's a great I'm theater. telling you, just I, it should be packed. The yeah. houses should be packed there. It is some of the most stunning. Again, thinking about like you know what Dexter was talking about, mm-hmm. and 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 Terry were talking about in terms of what it means to be in a Chicago rehearsal room. Mm-hmm. You just feel like it is an ensemble. Yeah. It is an ensemble of live music, of live puppeteers, of actors. They're all doing this thing. It is it is a feat to be 
to truly behold. To, yeah, to behold. Yeah. So anyway. Well, I, after you texted me yesterday when you got home and said, I must see it, I we're looking for a date to go. So I, yeah, it sounds like it's not time. to be missed. You, you really, I cannot, You, I know you're like, because you've... You go to see, see 18 things a night, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> you do a but lot of things. where there's a will, there's a way. I know. So Sweetie, like I'm, I'm usually I'm the one that says so stay this, home she needs to say no. You guys need to say yes okay. to she, this one. And she trusts you, so there when we, we get home, we'll get a date. There we go. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. Yeah. Did you come up with an Indigo Girls song yet? Uh, Probably be closer to fine. Okay. What about Land of Canaan? Or what about um, Galileo? I love that one. Oh, a later work. Well... Mm-hmm. Not a little later. A little later. Yeah. Not super duper late. Yeah. Fake Crime was looking up the truth. Galileo's head was on the block. Mm-hmm. Crime was looking up the truth. A lot of lyrics. There are a lot, of, yeah. They're lyric people. They're lyric women. And that's one of my favorite things. But then again, it feels like some sort of inspiration. Mm-hmm. That's for some reason, that is like. There's a few lines that just stick like, with that's you. That's one. Yep. Yeah. To let your last knife up the hook. And I say, look what I've done in the lifetime. I think I'll write a book. How long till my soul gets it right? Till my soul gets it right. Okay. All right, here we go. Right. Sorry, we're practicing. I'm going to come up and be an honorary lesbian I want you tonight. to. You need to be. Uh, I have to ask, did you do anything for Black Friday? And will you do anything for Cyber Monday? No. No, this year, no. I don't. Uh, I know, me too. I'm always like, if I can, I'm like, I buy things from small businesses. Yeah. We haven't been very big on giving gifts lately. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it feels like everybody has stuff. Especially we as we age. Stuff. You know, I try to buy consumables. And then yeah. you're like, oh, people don't want the calories, or this one's uh, allergic to this or that. But I used to send edible gifts to friends over the years, yeah. different ones. You know, I'd pick different things out of the Williams Sonoma catalog. Or mm-hmm. after Katrina, I bought um, pralines from a, a place that, yeah, in, in that needed the help. Yep. And you know, but we've kind of haven't really done that lately. But. I know. Usually, what I what I what I tend to do is I usually I'll make like a donation in somebody's name. Which is if nice, I mean, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, especially cool. to, like, to, you know, different organizations that, that do that. But, you know, I don't, we were, you know, we drove out to Riders yesterday, and I'm like, do you want to go to Old Orchard? <laughs> I'm sure that'd be Was there a fun. line on the expressway? There was, well, there wasn't. Apparently, it's not been very, very busy in the brick-and-mortar stores. You know what? I had, uh, I, I met with some uh, cousins and my aunts, and a couple of them went to uh, downtown to Michigan Avenue on Friday, and I said, how was it? They go, not very crowded. Well, you know, Macy's isn't there. There's any not longer. a lot of stuff on there. There's not a lot to, you know, there's not as much to, you know, you go to Saks or I think Saks is Saks still there. Saks is still there. Neiman's you know. is still there. It's like some Tiffany of the big is still ones. there, I think. But, yeah. you know, it's a lot of money, too. So, yeah, it's Black Friday always made me a little crazy because when they were having stores opening on Thanksgiving night, I was like appalled. I know. Appalled. I'm like, one no. freaking. Family holiday that is not commercialized has been turned There's into. There's no religion behind no. it. There's it's it literally is a time to see sit with your family and, and friends and, and to be and thankful to be thankful and, and grateful. Yeah. Yep. No, that gets me. But a pants. lot of people did close on th- you know more. There, I think COVID got you know people gave them pause about how they live their lives and how their employees need to be treated. And you know a lot of Walgreens for one I know closed many most of their stores and. 
you know, the groceries are always open. But I'm, well, but I'm even thinking. then, they closed at like five. Like I know Mariana's yeah. was closing at five. Trader but, Joe's, they were closed the whole day. And let me tell you, great. And Costco I the whole day. Cannot deal with folks who do. It, there are people out in the world that just do not go to grocery stores until the day before Thanksgiving. Like they've never been in a grocery store. Like only an emergency around. will take me to the grocery store on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Only an emergency. But it's like, but but these people. It it really is. They it's like, like buying like their turkey and stuff. No, well, they're trying to buy their turkey and everything. But just even like, have you ever been in a grocery store ever in your life? Because they're just like roaming around, looking at stuff, and <laughs> leaving a cart in the middle of the thing and going around. Like it's just, it's so bananas. Hmm. It's weird. Maybe they're first timers or something. They're well, no, that's what first, I mean. Like, yeah. I think there are there's a group of people that do not they go to the grocery store one time a year. Yeah, that's it. That is the day before yeah. Thanksgiving. Otherwise, it's DoorDash and you know, yeah. frozen dinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. For a lot of people. I know it is. Yeah. Well, you got through it. Barely. I went. <laughs> that was my first day going back to work. Yeah. I couldn't make it through the whole thing. Well, this COVID stuff at, is. Yeah, fatigue is real. Fatigue is real. It's yeah. real. So I'm going to exercise self-care. As you should. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Maybe I should go in sick today. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no I, will, I will be exercising self-care and going to see Elvis at Christmas. Oh, good. Christmas with Elvis. But I'll, yeah, I'll let Christmas you know. With Elvis. Yeah, I'm seeing mm-hmm. it tomorrow. I'm going to see the World Night Stand thing. Anyway. We made it through, through Thanksgiving. We did. We made it through Thanksgiving. We got Thanksgiving. the marathon. It was a marathon it, You of made sprints. it through Thanksgiving. I made it through Thanksgiving. I know, and I'm Very. glad you were able to cook and make a nice meal for the two of we you. We figured Because I know out. how much it meant I have to so you. much fried chicken. I have so how much fried chicken. How much did you fry? What? How much did you fry up? How many pieces did you fry? Oh, my God. Eight pounds. All right. What? So, and on that and no note. no leftovers for us. And on that note, I want to thank everybody who came on the show today. Uh, Jonathan Pizer from the uh, AIDS uh, Garden Chicago. Uh, Jim Harvey, executive director of One Roof Chicago. And Terry Spencer Hesser and uh, Dexter Bullard. The play is Christmas with Elvis at the Chopin Theater. Go check it out. Uh, Devin, thank you so much for running everything. We're very thankful for you. Paul, I'm even thankful for you. Wake up. All right, uh, and Ellen, I'm always thankful and for you. I'm thankful you. for you, too. There we are. Um, enjoy this snowy day. You, too. Uh, and I'm Scott Duff, and until next week, stay, stay proud. proud.